Welcome to Deception Detection. Let's begin with an introduction to Forensic Statement Analysis. Forensic Statement Analysis is an investigative tool that is used through the application of psycholinguistics within criminal justice for the purpose of detecting deception. Here's how it works. Within everyone's mind is a library of about 25,000 to 35,000 words that are readily accessible to maintain a conversation. When a person is being truthful, the mental process runs very smoothly. You receive information, you process information, you process a response, and then you give a response. This is a process that occurs within milliseconds. When a person chooses to be deceptive, however, this process takes longer. You receive information, you process information, you process the truth, you process the consequences of telling the truth, you create a new response, and then you give a response. The process of creating a new response is known as filtering and editing. This is done by adding complexity to the statement or by withholding information. So when reviewing a statement, we look out for signs of information being withheld or information intentionally being made more complex. From there, we are able to deduce the true intentions of an actively deceptive person. A deceptive person has a difficult balancing act to maintain in order to uphold a successful deception. If a deceptive person directly lies too often, the probability of that lie being caught continues to increase as more questions are asked and more physical evidence becomes available. Therefore, it is within the deceptive person's best interest to be as truthful as possible. However, continuing to tell the truth also results in them being caught. Therefore, it is within their best interest to withhold information. However, withholding information they should reasonably know will also draw attention and suspicion towards themselves as well. So here you can see how the balance can be quite difficult to maintain and is often done so on the fly. So, by in order to exploit the difficulty in maintaining this balance, there are a few simple rules we follow within statement analysis to disrupt this balance as much as possible. Rule number one, treat everything said as true until proven otherwise. Two, the shortest statement is the best statement. Three, the standard of comparison is expected versus unexpected. Four, a change in language reflects a change in reality. Let's expand upon these four rules. Because it is within a deceptive person's best interest to tell the truth as often as possible, it is important that we treat everything that is said 
as true until there is evidence proving otherwise. 2. The shortest statement is the best statement is a, is a powerful countermeasure towards the principle of adding complexity. The shorter a statement is, the, the more likely it is to be true. Complexity is added to increase confusion. Therefore, therefore, by recognizing that everything added to the simplest answer has meaning behind it, and by unraveling the, the added meaning that the statement is given, we can begin to deduce more information. Third rule, the standard is expected versus unexpected. In evaluating a statement, whenever we ask a question and we listen for a response, what we, what we ask ourselves is, what can we expect a truthful person to say This requires empathy. If you were the victim of a crime, or if a loved one was the victim of the crime, how would you expect their response to be when you ask them a question? Anything that deviates from what you expect is what we refer to as unexpected. Behaviors that we consider unexpected would, would entail withholding information or adding unnecessary complexity. For example, in one case, a man was delivering money from the store he worked at to the bank on behalf of his boss. Along the way, he encountered a man who robbed him at gunpoint. It was expected that he would do as much as he could to reveal information that would assist in the capture of the man who had robbed him. However, throughout his statement, he did everything he could to withhold identifying information. This struck us as unexpected. Later on, it was revealed that this individual had premeditated being the victim of a robbery by arranging for his friend to rob him at gunpoint so that later on they could meet again and split the money 50-50. He was withholding information to identify his friend and when asked questions why he couldn't remember, he would continually give excuses, adding complexity to the case. This is behavior we recognized as unexpected. Fourth rule, a change in language reflects a change in reality. Within our internal library, every word in that library means something very specific to us. The definition of justice to one person is likely to be different to another person. Therefore, in forensic statement analysis, 
There is no such thing as a synonym. Every word means something very specific and unique to the individual that is using that word. So when reviewing a statement, we uncover what the meaning of that word is within a statement by reviewing over how that word is used. And from there, we are able to continually expand on what each word means to that specific individual. One example of how a change in language reflects a change in reality is the quality of proximity. Proximity refers to nearness in relationships, space, and time. So when reviewing a change in language, proximity gives away the level of importance the speaker has towards whatever it is they are talking about. For example, a home has a much closer proximity to us than a house. A car has a much closer proximity to us than a vehicle. This also applies to the order in which nouns are presented within a sentence. For example, I went to the park with the wife. I went to the park with my wife. I went with my wife to the park. My wife and I went to the park. My wife went to the park with me. The wife went to the park with me. Although all six sentences communicate the same information, the proximity or order in which I, park, and wife are presented clearly communicate changes in the relationship through proximity and by extension a change in reality. I went to the park with the wife communicates that I was the most important person in the statement and that I was the one who wanted to go to the park and that the wife was the one who went with me reluctantly. I went to the park with my wife communicates the same information, but the possession of my wife rather than the wife communicates that she was more cooperative in going to the park when I wanted to. I went with my wife to the park communicates that my priority, or rather the priority of I, was to spend time with my wife, and the least concerning thing was going to the park. My wife and I went to the park communicates that my wife is the priority, and I wanted to make her happy, so we went to the park. My wife went to the park with me communicates that my wife was the one who wanted to go to the park, and I didn't, but I still did. The wife went to the park with me communicates the same information, however, by referring to my wife as the wife, this subcommunicates that I have anger towards her in making me go with her to the park.
once again, although all six sentences communicate the same event, the change in language clearly reflects a change in reality. Finally, we must review the limitations of forensic statement analysis. 1. All questions must be open-ended. A deceptive person will spend more time asking you questions than answering them. Because it is within their best interest to withhold information, they want you to ask specific questions as much as possible so they can limit the flow of information as much as possible. In addition to that, by asking specific questions, your subcommunication gives away what you do know and what you don't know, thus aiding them in maintaining the balance of truth, lies, and withheld information. To counteract this, you simply ask open-ended questions. For example, tell me everything that happened. If the person being interviewed or interrogated asks, where should I begin? Simply tell them, at the beginning. You keep everything as open-ended as possible, but you also inform them not to miss anything. Limitation number two, memory. People cannot tell you what they don't remember. It's that simple. The, the person you're interviewing may seek to be as truthful with you as possible, but there are limitations in human memory. This will be a limitation within statement analysis. Third limitation, mental illness. Forensic statement analysis most likely will not reveal deception within the mind of someone who is mentally ill because that individual will 100% believe every crazy thing they're telling you is true. The, purp the purpose of forensic statement analysis is to analyze and recognize deceptive patterns. But when someone believes 100% that the false statement they're making is true, they will not reveal those signs of deception. This is the end of the introduction for deception detection. I look forward to working with you in the future as we review statements and detect deception.